You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. All right, before I get into the message, I want to read a testimony I felt is very instructive testimony. And it goes this way. Good morning, sir. Trust you and yours are doing well. All right. I thought to share my testimony, which is in line with your recent teachings. And I find this testimony really instructive. Your recent teachings on cultivating the right kinds of seeds in the soil of our heart. My four-year-old son developed a horrible eye infection in both eyes. This will cause his eyes to turn very red and bring out continuous pores like discharges in the course of the night and sometimes oozing out during the day as well. It was quite traumatizing for the young man to wake up with both eyes glowed shut. It was also not a great one for me as well as to have to clean out the discharges. We went to the hospital for treatment and every time we thought it was gone, it would return in a matter of weeks. This happened three times within a short period of time. I was particularly concerned because we had tried to treat it with antibiotics and this had proved ineffective. He was also saddened by the need for the continuous use of eye drops between three to four times a day. There is only so much you can get into the eyes of a four-year-old anyway. It almost looked like it was something we were going to have to live with. On listening to the messages, however, I realized that one of the issues I had was that every time the eye infections will come, in its full force. I will take a picture of it on my phone. This was for two purposes. Firstly, to be able to show the doctors when we went to the hospital, and secondly, to have my proof after he was healed. However, because I had to show this picture so many times to the doctors, I realized that even when I was praying for his healing, all I could see was the picture of Paul's filled eyes. If he woke up in the morning, the first thing I will do will be to check the amount of discharge that came out, almost like I was expecting it. When it looked like we were in the clear, my heart will still be fearful, praying that it will not return, and when it did, it will sink again. Listening to the messages stirred up my faith to do four things. Firstly, I deleted. Now, hear what happened. She didn't just go and do this. She didn't just hear this and say, well, I'll do that. She said, listening to the messages stirred up my faith to do four things. In other words, the Spirit of God opened up her eyes to these four things. Firstly, I deleted all the pictures on my phone with the infection because I realized it was distorting my prayers. Secondly, I got one of the pictures where his eyes were super clear and made it my phone screen saver and wallpaper such that anytime I picked up my phone, which could, all right, be a lot of times, the first thing I would see will be my handsome son with clear eyes staring back at me. Thirdly, I decided he was not going to take any more antibiotics and eye drops. I had cited some scriptures on divine healing and thank God for his healing on that basis. I also told the Lord I was hanging this on him and trusted him to do it. In this case, what medication could not do. Lastly, when I woke up, I refused to go and check 
the status of the discharges. I will just wake up thanking God for healing his son and the fact that his sickness was never going to return. Within a few days, I observed that any time I thought about him, my mind's eye will only see our screen saver picture unlike before. It was easier to thank God for his healing than because I could picture him healed in the eyes of my heart. To cut the long story short, the young, boy's, the young man's eyes are now super clear. No discharges for weeks now. I, I don't take this for granted and assume it just left on its own. I trust that this is permanent in the name of Jesus. I've also got my son to confess that red eyes are never coming back because he has been healed in Jesus' name. So he does not start getting scared of a return event if he experiences the slightest itch in his eyes. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. I thank God because this experience has also been transmissible to other areas of my life. Thanks be to God and thank you for being a vessel of honor for his use. All right. I felt that was a very instructive testimony. And having listened to the word of God, she was inspired by the spirit of God to take four clear, distinct steps, which she did. All right. This morning, we want to start a new series here on uh, the subject of angels and uh, the supernatural. Angels and uh, the supernatural. Interestingly, people know more about demons than they know about angels. But there are more angels in operation on this earth than demonic spirits. And we are believing God for things that angels will carry out to be made manifest in our own lives and not what demons, all right, intend to do. But we spend so much time dwelling on the negative and we forget about the huge ministry of angels that we find in Scripture. And so this morning I want to lay a foundation for this series uh, to show scripturally and in the New Testament the fact that angelic intervention occurs and to, fact, to establish that angels participate with us in bringing about supernatural things, that when God is set to do anything in answer to prayer or to act in a sovereignty to keep, all right, the balance on the earth, which means justice, equity, he first of all sends forth his angels into the earth. If judgment is coming somewhere, the angels are there to carry out the judgment. So we are looking at angels and the supernatural. And we want to see how we appropriate, that is, allow for the participation of angels within our lives. It's very important as Christian, if we're going to work in the miraculous realm and supernatural realm, we'll see this, that, all right, angelic interventions is something we must be conscious of. And we have this scripture that tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, I believe it's verse 13 and verse 14, and it talks about what are angels. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Are they not all, all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them 
who shall be heirs of salvation. So the salvation we have gotten, all right, the inheritance we have in Christ, it tells us in verse 14 that angels are ministering spirits that are sent forth to minister for them who will enter into this salvation. So if the scripture tells us in Romans chapter 10 and verse 10, and it talks about the fact that with the heart a man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, and then it tells us angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who are going to receive this salvation, and it's with her mouth confessions are made unto salvation, then we're going to see that the activity of angels, the message of confession, and the declaration of God's word in faith is tied up closely, all right, to the ministry of angels upon this earth. And therefore, if we can see what makes causes angels to become active on this earth, and we can understand how to live in order to receive and to attract uh, their presence into our own domain, we will take a major mighty step in getting to the point where we have these supernatural things. But this will call for you being a different type of person. In other words, to be able to embrace this, there are certain changes that you're going to make we'll see. You can't be someone who's, who is rash with their words. You've got to understand moments and you've got to understand the role that your words will play. So they are here to help us. They are also here to aid us. And there are ways in which they get it done. Now, so we need to develop a consciousness of their presence. We develop a consciousness of their presence. And how do we develop that? We have a continuous confession. Now, the book Philemon, verse 6, it says that every good thing, all right, the communication, I think verse 5, the communication of your faith becomes effectual through the acknowledging of every good thing. Verse 6, all right, that the communication of your faith becomes effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Jesus Christ. So things come into operation when you acknowledge their presence. So developing a consciousness of their presence means a continuous confession. In other words, you get up every morning and you make declarations as you step out that day about what the angels of God are doing in your life. Uh, you are going, all right, to make a presentation. Uh, you are going somewhere where you are going to engage with people. Uh, you are going to face certain things. And you spend five to ten minutes in the morning or before you get there to acknowledge the presence of the angels that have been released in answer to prayer. And you speak forth the assistance and the aid that they have brought into your life. All right? Angels do several things. We'll see that. They bring messages from God. They carry the answers to our prayers. And they minister those answers to us. 
They deliver us in times of trouble. They form a shield around about us to protect us. They cause us to become conscious of things that God is doing within our environment, which means it's almost like giving you, you want someone to wake up if there is, God forbid, fire in a building and there's somebody asleep, you are not going to wake that person up with any form, all right, of, of, of uh, being gentle about it. Uh, you are going to slap that person up and the person will be very grateful Right, that you shook them out of their sleep in order for them to escape the danger. And angels will operate like this to awaken us to things that are going on within our environment. So most important thing, nothing that exists in the spirit realm becomes nothing, becomes, all right, or participates in shaping events in your life and their presence is directly felt without a continuous confession that acknowledges their existence or the presence of that thing or person and the assignment or what aid and help they are offering. So at the end of the series, we will begin to pray more about angelic operations and have a continuous daily confession concerning it. So we need to develop the consciousness of their presence and be deliberate and intentional about their participation with you in your endeavors. Uh, God will understand that God operates through angels, and he wants us also to operate through angels. When God wants, because we are created in his image, this is how the kingdom of God works. Jesus was very conscious of their involvement in shaping the events in his own life and the outcome of things in his life. And that's why in Matthew chapter 26 from verse 52 to verses 54, uh, it tells us here, then Jesus said to them, put up again the sword in his place, into his place. For all that take the sword shall perish with the sword. And then he said, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, pray to my father, tells us how angels begin to come in prayer, and he shall presently, that is, at this moment, give me more than 12 legions of angels. A legion was something that was used, it's almost like saying a brigade, all right, or something, battalion, and it represented 12,000. So he said, give me more than 12 legions of angels, or 6,000. All right, so it came to 72,000 angels. And next verse, it says that, but how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that this it must be? Right? So angels come to fulfill assignment, to fulfill scriptures, uh, and therefore you're going to have certain things fulfilled in your life. You have to ask all right, for the participation of angels. We're going to see this. At the resurrection of Jesus, angels were involved. We see that even the second coming of Christ, angels are there. All right, it talks about the fact in his ascension, angels were there. It says, and the Lord shall descend with a, a shout and with the voice of an archangel and talks about angelic beings coming with him. 
Now, even the patriarchs were conscious, that the patriarchs, very conscious about angelic operations. They were conscious of it. And inside the New Testament, we shouldn't just, you know, we'll see that consciousness also reflected there. We shouldn't just as Christians here. Yeah, there's great benefits we have. And to live without these, we'll be shortchanging ourselves big time on this earth. And so we've got to understand what activates angels, why they come, and how to receive angels. Genesis chapter 24, verse 4 to verse 7. Look at Abraham being conscious of this. But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. The servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me. Into this land must I need to bring your son again from the land which you came. And he said, and Abraham said, Beware that thou dost not bring my son here again. We'll take him to that land. He says, The Lord God of heaven which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred which spake unto me that, and sworn to me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. She shall send his angel before thee. Now, this is a master with so much wealth that he put into the hands of his servant. We'll see that you can see it. We study the whole scripture. Being conscious about the secret to the success of you on this assignment. So you can say somebody's sending people even to market things or to do stuff. Said here, that the angel, he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take. And by the time Elysia got there, he said, God has prospered my way, or the angel of the Lord has prospered my way later on. We don't have time to get into it. Uh, we see Jacob also in Genesis 28, 11 to verse 13. All that happened in Laban's house, there was something about, about angels. And he lighted, this was before he got to Laban's house, upon a certain place and tarried all night because the sun was set. He took stones of that place, put them for pillows, laid it upon, all right, a place for him to sleep. And the Bible says he dreamt, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, angels of God ascending and descending on it. Jesus used the same words. And then he said in verse 13, he said this, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord thy God, Lord God of Abraham, thy father God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest today will I give it. It was going to be transferred by angelic oppression. You had to know that. And he said, give it today and to thy seed. So his assignment there was to be carried out by the assistance or aid of angels. Moses tried to do stuff with his own hands and failed. And then he now understood the role of angels here. That if you are called to do something, heaven has to release it, an angel that will go before you in the execution of that particular thing so that when you begin to go out to do it in the fiscal, and this is what we want to get, that is everybody consciously now comes into this. 
That is, you want to go somewhere, you know that the only way to get there is to enter into a car and drive there, or to be driven there, or to call for a car, or to call for a taxi, or to ask a friend. But you have to be carried in a vehicle, you know that, to that place. So also when you have a vision, a dream out there, you understand that an angel has to be released and you know how to get it done the same way you know how to get into a car or drive a car or call for a car, that the angel goes forth before you first. And that is when you know that there will be signs, wonders, and there will be miracles. So it enters into the DNA of our Christian work. We understand it. The businessman who is, or a young entrepreneur who is making a presentation, all right, there, and is pitching an idea, understands there's an angel in that room that is not visible to anybody, that stands right there with him, and it's by that angel, events within this place and this space are going to turn. That's the man who opens his business, understands that there is an angel or in your career. This career will take, all right, this particular trajectory because there's an angel that has been assigned from heaven into my own career or my family. And he will be responsible. And the certain things I will do that will trigger the manifestation of his presence. And certain things will happen. This is the understanding I want us to come into in this series. Because that's what the Bible teaches. And we'll see it. So we have in Acts chapter 7. Look at Moses. And verse 34 here. Acts 7 and verse 34. It says, I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people which was in Egypt. Now Moses was a man mighty in wisdom of, of, of Egyptian wisdom and, and deed. He says that I've heard their groanings. Now, so he, he failed the first time. And then God came to him and God said, I've seen the affliction. I have heard the groanings and I am come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. Next verse. And then he says, this Moses whom they refused. That's the first time he went. Who made thee a ruler and a judge. The same did God send to be a ruler and deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush that was burning. What was the result of the hand of the angel which he went with? Next verse. He brought them out after that he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. The signs, the wonders, the parting of the Red Sea was done by the angel that actually came with him. So angelic activity we'll see is closely related to prayers. You cannot have angelic activity without you being someone given to prayers. Every significant outcome in the Bible 
where God's power is displayed on the outside, involved, all right, had to bring in, there was angelic intervention that was involved in it. We even see it at resurrection. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1, all right, to verse 3 here. Uh, Matthew 28, 1 to 3. In the end, all right, of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, then came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Anytime you see in scripture that kind of earthquake or the place shook, that angelic being. That is when they tell us in Acts chapter 4 that after they prayed, the place where they were was shaken. That angelic beings came into operation. And then he says, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. So what happened was angelic beings were there on the outside and the building literally shook. And then within them, they were filled with the Spirit. And um, church will be missing out on this angelic thing. So it tells us here, verse 2, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel, for the angel. So there was a great earthquake in the place. For the angel descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. In other words, an angel had to roll that stone away for Jesus to come out. Next verse. And then tells us his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. All right, Acts chapter 4 and verse, let's look at verse 34. By stretching forth thy hands to heal the praises, signs and wonders might be done. Next verse, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where, and the place was shaken where they assembled as angels. And the Bible says they were now filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word. In other words, that shaking there, it's angelic beings. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to verse 26. I want to build it carefully. So we see angelic. And at midnight, you see this? Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And what happened? And suddenly there was a great earthquake, angels, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, angelic beings, and everyone's bands were loosed. So, want to look at what gives us, all right, some information from Scripture as to a big clue, now we've seen all this, prayer is involved. Praising God. All right? Uh, the angel comes in, there's an earthquake there. Stuff happens. Now, it doesn't have to be always this dramatic. A woman tells a story. Marilyn Hickey speaks about it. Very significant. You have angelic. And what happened was, she had a husband left their office, and I think it was a minister of the River clearly, and got back home. And they were all fine. And when she entered into her room, uh, suddenly an alarm sounded. And a, the smoke detector device inside the house picked up something. And the alarm, and she just jumped at it and said, what's going on here? And they checked, and they didn't find anything burning in the house. 
This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.